This is Perspectives, the show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condis Presley, and on the program today, we are going to showcase one of the organizations in town that has a big event coming up on the 22nd of this month at the Atlanta Marriott Marquis. It's a big gala, it's a dinner, but it's for a tremendous cause. The organization is best known as HRC. You've often seen stickers, probably bumper stickers, on the back of cars. There's a blue stripe, there's a yellow stripe, there's another blue stripe. HRC stands for the Human Rights Campaign. And in studio with us on your radio dial from left to right, we have Hope Jackson. She is a regional field organizer with HRC. Uh, Ryan Roach, did I say that right, Ryan? Mm -hmm. I forgot to ask beforehand. He's the co-chair of the gala. And then over to my far right, hiding behind a monitor, but I'm waving and I can see him. You can wave at him too, is Andrew Land, and he's on the HRC Board of Governors. And we want to say hello to all of you guys. Thanks for coming by. I'm going to start with you, Mr. Gala Co-Chair Ryan Roach, the HRC. Tell us about the organization, uh, what you guys do, and what's the mission. Well, thank you so much for having us. This means a lot to be able to speak to your audience about what we do. And so going into that, the Human Rights Campaign uh, was started in the 1980s as a coalition focused on serving uh, the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer community throughout the United States and moving into coalitions throughout the globe. Uh, in Atlanta, our gala started in 1988 after just a few people attended another gala in New York City and realized that this is something that we can do here. And so now, 30 years later, we're continuing that movement here in Atlanta, but also recognizing that the movement is continuing around the country. Outstanding. Andrew, how long have you been involved with the organization? About eight years now. And you're on the Board of Governors, which means your mm -hmm. role is to do what? I am a liaison between our national office in D.C. and uh, the fine folks who uh, work on the gala here, Ryan and uh, the other co-chair, Yvette Lopez. Why is the work, Andrew, of the HRC so critically important, especially in this day and time? Well, I think any time you have an American uh, who, and not just an American, but since we're, we're focused here, who does not enjoy the same equal rights in their homes, in their workplace, uh, and sometimes under the law, that's wrong. And that's why we exist. We're trying to right those wrongs. Absolutely, and Hope, I wanted to thank you for coming in as well. I was going to ask you about the HRC and what concerns uh, you guys have about LGBTQ rights and privileges, especially with the changes that are we're experiencing in Washington today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, of major concern to us are, of course, LGBTQ rights, and we're approaching the first 100 days of this administration, and we've seen a lot of divisiveness under the Trump administration. Um, right now we are looking at the confirmation of Neil Gorsuch. So that's pending and we staunchly oppose his nomination. Um, Gorsuch has a record, a troubling record, of being anti-LGBTQ as well as against civil rights. And so Trump basically has said he wants to mold, have someone in the mold of Justice Scalia, who as we know was not a firm believer in equality for LGBTQ. And so we fought to have a lot of protections, including marriage equality, and we want to make sure we keep those protections. And a Supreme Court justice is supposed to uphold the law in that way. And so we want someone who's going to sit on the bench who actually does that and who looks at all Americans and say we all should have the same equality and the same rights. But during the campaign, didn't the president say that he didn't have any interest in trying to change the Supreme Court decision that 
made marriage available to all Americans, the marriage equality law? He said that, but of course, um, Trump has also done the opposite of things he said. Um, with Gorsuch, he has a record of being anti-LGBTQ. One of the examples in the case would be Hobby Lobby, where he voted against, of course, that case is about contraceptives, but that same case could be used to discriminate against LGBTQ. Um, there are other cases um, where he's voted, decided with the court in dissenting and basically saying a transgender woman should not be allowed basic you know, rights. And this is in a prison system, so she's in a prison system with all male facilities. And so these are cases that we look at, and that kind of gives us an indication of what kind of leader Gorsuch would be. And so this is not someone we would support. Okay, so the, the Gorsuch nomination has emerged from the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, off to the to the full Senate. Uh, the Democrats in, in the Senate have said that they will filibuster, but it's likely that the majority leader will, uh, you know, go with the go nuclear, as as the phrase is, right. and try and pass this nomination through with only a simple majority of 51 votes. How can HRC continue to be active uh, fighting this nomination if indeed that happens? Well, I think what most people have to do, they have to tune into what's happening. And so we at HRC, we make sure that we're putting out the information, calling your representatives, your local elected officials. Um, this is the time now to fight and to resist. And so even if you know Gorsuch is nominated, we still have to do our part in making sure that our voices are heard in D.C. And so by showing up and doing more than just lobbying on lobby day. So these elected officials are your elected officials. You put them in office, and so you have to hold them accountable. So one way of doing that is showing up, being a part of the work that HRC does and a part of the work that our allies do as well. And so we have a large number of steering committee members and volunteers across Georgia, across the states alone. We have 32 steering committees and we do amazing work. And so we ask folks to join us in doing that work and resisting things that are happening that could possibly interfere with our rights as LGBTQ community and allies. So. The community got some good news recently in that in North Carolina, there was a vote, the law was changed, the governor signed it into law reversing the bathroom law, correct? That is bad news. Um, actually, HB2 was repealed. Yes. So it was repealed, but it was replaced with a d another discriminatory law, HB142. Oh. So that law specifically, it doubles down on the same discrimination. And so transgender people particularly are still called out and targeted in that law. And so what North Carolina legislature did was simply replace the number on that bill. If you want to be simple and frank about it, they just replaced the number. Well, that's why we're here to educate because yeah. clearly, and I'm supposed to be knowledgeable, and I misread <laughs> what, what, what it was. I, I know. So under this new HB 2.0 is what we're calling it, um, anti-transgender bathroom bill, the North Carolina General Assembly reserves all control over cities, municipalities passing any law that would affect transgender folks using the correct facility. And so North Carolina, they took that power away. Um, they've taken it away not just from cities, but schools are not allowed to allow their students who are transgender to use the correct facility as well. Um, they also put a moratorium. No city can pass a non-discrimination ordinance until 2020. Well, that's four years away. Well, three years away. But still, even if we're waiting until 2021, that's a long time to wait for protections. And so even after that point, you still cannot pass a law which protects transgender people. And so you would have to go to the North Carolina legislature again. And so they remain totally in control of that. And so this bill just doubles down on discrimination even more. What is the issue that many in the general public have with 
allocating equal and fair rights to the transgendered community? What do you think that's all about? I think a lot of, there's a lot of fear mongering that people are putting out, a lot of rhetoric where folks are saying, you know, transgender people are not safe. And, and the truth of the matter is transgender people have been using the f- correct facilities for years. There's been no real incidents of this happening where people are saying that transgender people are causing harm in bathrooms. This is not the case. And transgender people want the same rights as everyone else. They want privacy in the restrooms and they should be allowed to use the correct restroom that uh, matches their gender identity. And so the public, may, what they may see is rhetoric in newspapers and magazines talking about, you know, this is a real threat to our children, to our wives, but this is not the case. And so North Carolina passing this bill puts their transgender people, not just transgender people, LGBTQ and non-binary people in a direct target to folks to come at them. And so it's really unfortunate that North Carolina has passed this bill and that they completely ignored the voices of their citizens and all of the LGBTQ organizations that are fighting for equality. So I would imagine, Ryan, that events like the gala, which is coming up on the 22nd, provides friends and supporters an opportunity to stand with HRC to fight things like the North Carolina Bill 2.0. Absolutely. And last summer, when Yvette Lopez, my co-chair, and I sat down to talk about what were our goals, what were we wanting to really do with this year's gala, Last year's gala theme was Beyond Marriage, All Rights for All People. We realized that we had come a long way. But sitting there last summer, we were thinking, okay, well, what else do we need to have happen because we need to move beyond marriage? And so I think what Hope was talking about has happened in North Carolina is a perfect example. And so we, without even forecasting, and if if we had bet on this, we would have won. But this year's theme is Together We Stand, United We Win. And that's where we need to be. It's not just the LGBTQ community. It's our allies who are in these positions of opportunity and privilege who have the ability to change laws, change minds, and change the conversation so that the LGBTQ community can thrive and be their authentic selves. So give us some of the details about the event. And if tickets are still available, how do folks go about getting them? Tickets are still available. Uh, they can pr- people can purchase them at hrcatlanta.com. Uh, we have elected officials attending. Uh, we have uh, local organizers. We have people from around the country, uh, people who realize that Atlanta in the southeast is a hub of movement and progress and a city that will not sleep or sit still until these things are changed. Um, we have over, we're expecting over 1,200 attendees this year. It's one of our, the largest galas for the HRC in the country. And we uh, are just so excited to see what happens from the companies that are supporting us, from Coca-Cola, the Home Depot, Delta, PNC. Um, there are several others that I haven't mentioned, but we have such wonderful corporate support, which is a carryover, not just from the HRC's movement in Atlanta, uh, the Atlanta Gala, but also from last year's um, legislation where we saw the RIFRA legislation passing and the strong corporate sp- support we received then. And remind our audience what that was and why that was so important. The Corporate support was so important last year, but not just uh, related to RIFRA. So specifically speaking, the religious freedom legislation that would allow people to choose not to provide services to somebody who identi- 
presumably identifies as I own a bakery. I'm not going to bake you a absolutely. cake if you want if, one, if and I'm going to put you guys on. Yeah, absolutely. They can deny me services just because of who I am. It's like denying me services because they gave me my own water fountain back in the fifties. Correct. Exactly. There is so there are so many similarities there that it's a little uncanny that we're still having to have these conversations in 2017 or yeah. 2017. Same thing. Yeah. Same thing. So, Andrew, tell us, um, people who want to be involved with HRC offer you guys support because, obviously, you don't have to be LGBT or Q to be in or to be active because there's so much great corporate support and because the community is all one people. What can folks do to get involved with the organization? Well, you're exactly right. Uh, It's not just LGBTQ. Uh, Our members and supporters come from all walks of life. And, uh, you know, you can walk into the ballroom uh, down at the Marriott on the 22nd and see that. You'll see, uh, you'll see folks from any, uh, any station, any walk of life. Um, I should acknowledge that uh, Cox is also one of our big corporate sponsors. I don't want you to, to penalize us here. Uh, but, uh, and we're grateful for that. Uh, so people can get involved in a host of ways. Time, talent, treasure, whatever it may be, we have... Uh, probably around 100 volunteers who are going to show up uh, on the 22nd to help uh, manage our guest experience at the gala. And I should point out that, uh, with rare exceptions, everyone who's not sitting in Washington is a volunteer for this organization. So we're, we're uh, working because we think it's the right thing to do. There are, of course, ways to give uh, financial resources, but there are a number of ways. Uh, we have events throughout the year uh, we have a bowling event, we have a tennis event, we have different gatherings almost every month for, uh, for our membership to socialize for sure, but also to educate. Uh, one thing that Ryan said a minute ago is that Atlanta, as the, the capital of the South, if you will, um, doesn't have time to discriminate. No. We had a mayor, I'm a recovering history major, we had a mayor <laughs> years ago, Mr. Hartsfield, who, who famously said that Atlanta is a city too busy to hate. And uh, with HRC and, and other similar organizations, we want a world that's too busy to hate. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Are there opportunities, and does, the HR, does HRC have um, resources to connect people who perhaps, for the first time, may be dealing with a family member who has come out as, as LBGT or Q, and they're not quite sure what to do, how to cope, questions to ask, how to be receiving and loving of the family member and not be one of those folks who says, okay, that's it, you got to get out of my house because we, we don't want that. Right. So um, our website, hrc.org, we have a plethora of resources for folks who are coming out, um, folks who are of faith, who need resources to talk about it with their church members, with their family. And so we always have these resources available, but we also have people who are open to discussion and coming out and talking with you as well. Um, I myself, I'm willing to volunteer to talk to people about the work that we do and the resources that are out there that can help you. Um, Locally, we do work with a number of coalitions and allies here, and so we always want to make sure we uplift those folks as well. Um, HRC is strong because of all the networks that we have and all the people that are a part of our work. And so if someone wants information, they could always go to hrc.org or they can contact either of us to talk about whatever issue it is, and we can connect them to the right folks. So speaking of people of faith, what do you say to the person of faith who says, well, I understand what you're saying. Uh, I love you. We, you know, we love, we, 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 uh, 
we hate the sin, but we love the sinner. How do, how do you how, you hear that all the time? And we're here in the Deep South. You know, what is the answer to, to someone who who presents that argument? Well, I when you said that, it instantly brought me back to the gala last week in Nashville. OK. Where Leanne Rimes was there and she has this song called Hate the Hate, Love the Hater. And so we have to do that, you know, ourselves and be loving to that person, despite what they may believe about us as a person. They won't change their hearts and their minds until they get to know us. And so I'm so open to dialogue. We all are open to dialogue. And I think that's the only way to change the conversation and to make folks realize that we are human. We have families. We are Muslim. We have all of these different faiths. We are the same human as you. And so our only thing that keeps us different is who we are when we're home. And it's not a difference. We're the same. And so that's. Ryan, you wrote something down. It looked like you had a final thought you wanted to share with our audience. No? No. Not right now. Not right now? What about you, Andrew? We're, we're about out of time. If there's one thought we want to leave our listeners with after our conversation today, what might that be? Come join us. Whether and it's on April 22nd or any other day of the year, come join us. Good enough. Uh, the event is on April the 22nd. And the website, one more time for folks to get more information? HRCAtlanta.com. All right. And we want to say thank you to Hope Jackson, the regional field organizer with HRC. Ryan Roach, who's one of the co-chairs of the gala. Tell your other co-chair we missed her today. And Andrew, who is Andrew Land, who sits on the Board of Governors. Uh, good luck with the event. Uh, thanks for all the work that you do. You're welcome. Thank you thank for you. having us. Joining us in studio is Madeline Ramey. She is the executive director of EarthShare Georgia. Now, Earth Day comes up on the 22nd of April this year, but since all of us Georgia Bulldogs fans are going to be so tied up in the G-Day game, we wanted to focus attention on their big event coming up on April 13th, just in a couple of days. And at a time, Madeline, when people sometimes are not as concerned about the environment as perhaps you and I think they should, this is very important. Tell us what you're doing. Thank you, Condis. Uh, EarthShare of Georgia annually celebrates Earth Day with a big event, and this year we're reaching out to the college and university community to have an all-day Earth Day water symposium and career expo at Emory University. Um, This was actually the brainchild of one of our student interns, uh, Dana Vasquez, who's been working with us to make sure everything goes well and to reach out to colleges and universities throughout the Atlanta area so that students can come and explore green jobs with our career expo in the morning and then enjoy the rest of the symposium. Um, But we always uh, have a lot of people from really a variety of uh, sectors in the community. We have lots of different people from corporations. Um, Cox Enterprises is one of our sponsors. In fact, they're an air sponsor. And uh, we're recognizing Cox Enterprises for uh, 10 years of their Cox Conserves program. Um, Kaiser Permanente is our presenting sponsor. We're very excited to have them back again. And uh, we have lots of different companies participating, Bank of America, Delta Airlines, Kimberly Clark, Scana Energy, uh, Newell Brands, um, Interface, uh, Conix Recycling, and Coca-Cola. So I think I've got them all. We have a few others that are interested in participating. Um, And we also have our member groups, which are the nonprofits that we help support throughout the day. Visitors will, guests will be able to uh, go to the Career Expo, learn a little bit about job opportunities um, in both the nonprofit field as well as the corporate world. 
in sustainability. And then they'll be able to enjoy a leadership luncheon that features keynote speaker Nicholas Malos, who's the director of the Trash Free Seas Program of the Ocean Conservancy. And we're going to be focusing on water this year. Um, Each year we do either air, land, or water. And this year we're going to be talking about water sustainability and the importance of thinking about um, how we can keep our oceans pollution-free, how we can look at our local waterways, and particularly right here in Atlanta, the Chattahoochee Watershed. And um, a lot of people don't realize that the Chattahoochee Watershed is one of the smallest watersheds throughout the United States that supports a big urban area. So two-thirds of Georgians are actually dependent on it for their drinking water. Um, We're very excited to be welcoming um, Julia Cohen, who's the director, executive director of Chattahoochee Riverkeeper, Nataki Osborne-Jelks, who's the president of the West Atlanta Watershed Alliance, Nathaniel Smith, who's the uh, founding director and uh, equity officer for Partnership for Southern Equity, to talk about water issues as they, they relate to equity in our own communities right here in Atlanta and beyond. Um, The Leadership Luncheon also features an awards program. Um, We hope to have a lively discussion about water issues, but then our guests will have an opportunity to go to what we're calling water talks and water tours afterwards. And these will be informal discussions with both corporate and nonprofit leaders about different facets of water and showcasing some of the work that's being done um, locally and throughout the state. Um, And then visitors will also have a chance to tour Emory University's state-of-the-art water reclamation facility called the Water Hub. Um, The event will end with a fantastic evening reception. We're going to have music, entertainment. We'll have a silent auction. And because we're on the Emory campus, um, we're going to feature some student projects in sustainability. And um, I, I would be remiss to not thank the Office of Sustainability Initiatives at Emory University, as well as the Career Center for helping to make this whole day happen. Um, And then there's also Sustainable Water that manages the Water Hub. Um, But we are so excited. Um, I love the role that EarthShare plays in connecting all these different communities and helping to strengthen employee engagement in the environment. Some of our listeners may not be familiar Mm -hmm. with EarthShare Georgia, so why don't you just tell us a little bit about the organization, your mission, and the work that you do that leads up to such a great day that you all have have planned and you've described on April 13th. Happily. uh, EarthShare of Georgia was actually founded nearly 25 years ago, and our legal name is Environmental Fund for Georgia. We were founded because environmental organizations wanted to be represented in workplace giving. And so that is our basic work. Um, We continue to partner with about, oh, I think it's close to 50 employers in the public and private sector so that people can donate through their paychecks to help support annually vetted groups. Um, So we have about 31 groups in Georgia. And then we're part of the national networks so donors can give locally and nationally. They can give to groups like the Ocean Conservancy that's going to be represented <laughs> with our keynote speaker. And, um, or if they don't know who to give to, they can choose issues. They can go to our website and say, well, I really care about water. I really care about trees. I really care about climate change. Yeah. And then we, then we can actually uh, make sure those funds go to the groups that are working on those issues. So that is our core work. Um, We've evolved over the years so that we play a 
bigger role in connecting people to the environment just in general. People call us and want to know, you know, who can I get to come out to talk to my school? And so we'll go and say, well, let's see, Trees Atlanta has a great program. I know that, you know, and Chattahoochee Riverkeeper does this and Chattahoochee Nature Center, Center does this. So um, we really try to serve as a resource to connect people. A lot of people just want to know, you know, how they can volunteer. And um, we often uh, connect people to volunteer projects with our member groups. We offer a Corporate Green Day Challenge for our sponsors every year that's part of Earth Day. And now in the fall, we actually have a fall volunteer day that's, that's really dedicated to um, serving underserved communities. Wow. Um, last fall, we worked in Maddie Freeland Park, and we had lots of our corporate partners participate, lots of people from the community. It was a fabulous day. So um, we're really doing much more year-round, I would say, than, than just, you know, dedicating ourselves to fall workplace giving or just the Earth Day event. Madeline Ramey, Executive Director, Earthshare Georgia. Good luck on the 13th. Thanks so much for coming Thanks by. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind. If there's something you think we ought to be talking about, let me hear from you. Tweet me, condo 29 on Twitter or leave a message on our Facebook page. We do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back next week at this same time as we examine another perspective. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.